Welcome to another Tyrese cast. I'm Jim McGregor. And I'm Kevin Crewell. And today we're going to discuss NVIDIA's GPU Technology Conference Keynote, or GTC Keynote. While the conference was held virtually a few weeks ago, CEO Jensen Huang, Keynote was delayed until this week and pre-recorded actually into eight parts because it's like two hours long and placed on YouTube. While the format is a little bit different, Jensen did the keynote from his kitchen, what he called the kitchen keynote. It was I think he's been watching too many cooking shows is what it is. Yeah, especially when he's pulling servers out of his oven. But <laughs> it did deliver. And like typical, every GTC keynote in the spring that's typically held in San Jose delivers a plethora of new technology and product announcements. We're probably not going to get to them all here, but like I said, it was two hours just packed with announcements. Yeah, it was an extremely dense announcement. You can read Jim's summary of the announcements already up on Forbes, just as I did last year. However, there are still some debate between the two of us. I call NVIDIA the data center company, but Jim calls it, NVIDIA, the AI company. I say data center. No, I'm right. It's AI. No, no. No, it's data center. It's data center. No, AI starts in the data center and then goes through everything else. But then they bought Mellanox. But they bought Mellanox, which is a data center company, not an AI company. Yeah, but they're in cars and robots. So you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Uh, But the thing is, they're they're a data center company and an AI company. Okay, okay. I'll (laughs) agree with you on that one. Okay, let's get back on track. Obviously, the first major announcement was its new GPU architecture called Ampere, which is pretty unique. But it wasn't the first thing announced. Actually, they saved the Ampere architecture announcement for much later in the show. But well, yeah, had, it's the big, it was the big nose. With. Yeah, it was the big one. The Ampere, there's something different about this architecture from previous ones. They're actually trying to address both the scale-up and the scale-out server market. They're trying to provide something that does both inference and training better than previous generations, which is kind of unique. You want to talk about that, Kevin? Well, it's, it's HPC because it has double precision floating point support. It's AI because it has tensor cores, and NVIDIA is focusing on a new format called TF32, Tensor Format 32, for a version of floating point that they say is optimized for for a 32-bit, but with the performance of greater than 32-bit performance than a standard FP. So it's a mix of FP16 and FP32. And then... It's also an inference part because you can split the cores into seven separate GPUs that have lower latency, and therefore you can yeah they called that MIG yeah they called it MIG multi instance GPUs, and then with the next generation or the third generation of NVLink, you can scale up so you can take multiple A100s connect them together and get even higher performance and treat it as one giant GPU as well. So it scales from, you know, a single chip and the single chip itself is 54 billion transistors over 800 millimeters squared and, you know, tremendous amount of performance just in one chip, but you could break it down to seven smaller components or you could scale up to multiple versions of it. So the goal here is to be a very scalable solution and be able to address 
the market all the way from inference all the way up to supercomputing. Yeah, one thing they highlighted about the new TF32 format combined with the new MIG architecture was the fact that it can handle sparse data sets better. So it gets rid of a lot of the stuff you don't need. So it improves performance. Matter of fact, they said both compared to the V100 and the T4 for training and inference respectively, that they're getting 20x performance improvement on the architecture for both of those, significantly Mm -hmm. above anything they have today. Yeah, we still have to drill down deeper into these changes in the architecture to get that level of performance improvement. And we do have some follow-on with NVIDIA to go deeper into the architecture. Yeah, we do know one thing, and that is the fact that they are getting a performance boost from the process technology. This will be their first generation on 7 nanometer at TSMC. And they are in production already. They are shipping units already. So this is you know, this is not a paper announcement. They've got units already shipped customer hands. Yeah, actually, they said that they have three different parts levering the, amp- the Ampere architecture. One is the A100 for data center. One was the EGX for edge, which they kind of classify as a mini data center out on the edge of the network that's capable of running all their software frameworks. And also in their new Orin SOC which I'm still trying to figure out how they got an SOC for automotive with 10 tops of performance, an Ampere GPU down to five watts. So it's going to be interesting. But yes, they already have parts shipping. The A100 is shipping, and we're going to see it in Edge and Orin and probably in Jetson here probably by the end of the year. Yeah, Orin is interesting because with Orin, NVIDIA is now taking their architecture to single-camera ADAS solution. It can basically mount on the windshield of, of the car, and with, within the 5-watt envelope, they can uh, do full ADAS, which brings them really in direct competition with Mobileye, who also is like the leader in single-camera ADAS solutions. So this is a, a, a interesting play for NVIDIA to expand their TAM into the larger ADAS market. But then Orin also scales all the way up first to a level five solution when you add A100 GPUs along with the Orin. And so the platform scales from ADAS to two plus to level five. And that gives them a really interesting scalability factor. Yeah, they didn't mention automotive certification, but we're assuming that's there. And the big thing about having the new Orin SOC part of their drive platform, you know, this addresses one of the early critics they had, which which was it was too power hungry. I mean, obviously in five watts, they're not that power hungry anymore. Yeah, no, five watts is a very well. I mean, it, that's that's the ADAS solution, but you your power goes up as you try to get more performance out of it and add more capability to it. But yeah, five watts is the lowest I think they've gotten an automotive part in a long time. Well, and that wasn't their only low power solutions. They introduced their new Jetson Javier NX part in November, but they announced a whole new developer kit. Matter of fact, I have it right here. <laughs> I'm playing with it at the, the keynote. And they introduced their new EGX Edge, which is basically a server that can sit out at the edge of the network, whether it's a base station or whatever, and run a full AI framework. Uh, uh, it's not fact, ha- it's not Javier it's it's Xavier. Xavier Xavier it's Xavier my spelling is bad <laughs> Xavier yeah sorry it was the Jetson Xavier developer kit that they announced the GTC so but no getting back to the EGX Edge 
very interesting part in the fact that they're promoting, one of the applications they're promoting this for is actually for, in conjunction with their aerial software framework, they're promoting it for 5G networks. Mm-hmm. This puts them head-to-head with Xilinx in uh, intelligent edge data centers for 5G. So this is, again, an expansion of NVIDIA's TAM to go after uh, new segments of the marketplace. Also on the low power side is their ISICS platform, or, or ISIC, I should say, which is framework designed specifically for robotics, typically running on a Jetson or other type of low power processor. They didn't announce a new platform, but they did announce a major design win, and that's robotics for BMW that's going to be using it for basically logistics around BMW facilities. Yeah, it's a customized robot for BMW that allows them to go, this robot goes around and does very specific tasks of moving materials around. And it's not, you know, not what you call normally an assembly floor type of robot, but it's a logistical robot and it's very customized. Each robot may be very different in terms of where the camera is positioned, the route it takes. So it needs a lot of customization and a lot of intelligence still. And, but at the same time, low power and because it's not these aren't big robots these are relatively small well and they didn't stop there obviously nvidia has a strong focus with its recent acquisitions especially melanox going after the data center they did announce a new melanox smart nick for added security applications and a host of new products for the data center yeah melanox fully wrapped into nvidia they call them nvidia and melanox now so it's fully integrated it's been it took a long time for the the deal to close but it was well anticipated yeah so in fact the the, pro- one of the things that the the uh, egx edge also already incorporates melanox nick on the card that's true that's true so we're already seeing the benefits of that acquisition Well, first up in the data center, obviously, was the new GPU using the Ampere architecture, and that was the A100. This is, Kevin already highlighted some of the architectural enhancements associated with this. This is a monster, and they're going to be putting it into their traditional platforms. One is HGX, which is a server platform that other vendors like Dell Technologies, Supermicro, and HP are planning on using for various server applications. And NVIDIA's own server, which is called the DGX. So these will be the AGX100 and the DGX100. DGX A100 and A100. DGX A100, yes. So the, the DGX, one of the really interesting things about the DGX A100 is that, I mean, aside from the, uh, you know, eight pods and all the performance you get in this one unit, they switched from Intel Xeons to AMD Rome Epic processors. The reason given was because all the other components in the chassis, including the A100, support PCI Gen 4. Intel doesn't have a Xeon with PCI Gen 4. So by switching to AMD ROM, they get PCI Gen 4 bandwidth on the I.O., as well as software compatibility with Intel Xeons. So that seemed to be a no-brainer from their point of view. Yeah, and the the platforms still live up to the performance uh, of the previous DGX and HGX platforms with up to eight GPUs now using the A100 as well as six Melanox CS6 switches having NVLink between the GPUs, not to mention I think it's one terabyte of memory. 
Yeah. Well, one of the things about the I think it was one terabyte, if I remember correctly, but the storage was also there. I mean, it's it's a monster machine. And and in fact they compared it with what sort of data center it would replace. And I think what was the factor? It was like it was one tenth the price, or actually less than one tenth the price, and one twentieth of the power. Yeah, that's a major factor there for but you know, you're talking about a full 10x improvement in performance per power and power. You know, I still can't get them to send me a demo unit. I don't know why. <laughs> Where would Something you about put 18 it, kilowatts? I could Where unload it. I, I have a backhoe, but <laughs> I, 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 you're right. You know, I the still power, don't yeah. have the 18 kilowatts. <laughs> you, had to, you had to put more. So, you had to put more solar cells in. <laughs> I would. I only have 13 and a half over there. But no, it it is a monster. And one key thing that NVIDIA is trying to do, especially with this new Ampere architecture, is they're trying to promote it not just for AI training and inference, but along with their partners with the HGX, they're trying to promote it for broader workloads. That really wasn't a key part of the presentation yesterday, but talking to them, that is a key part of it. They want to really promote accelerated computing, not just for AI workloads, but for other types of workloads. Yeah, and part of what Jensen also talked about, and, and this is, I think, you know, his, his reason why he was so excited about buying Mellanox, is he considers now with containers that you, a data center itself becomes a whole unit of compute, that you could now think of the whole data center as a computing unit and aggregate all that under, you know, one container or, you know, virtualize it. And, and that's why this combination of of scalability is important to him and that's where that's where that's why I say Nvidia is a data center company. Yeah, well, we could also make the argument that Nvidia is a software company. You know, one of the things that we even debate is, you know, there's a lot of startups focused on AI hardware and everything out there, but one of the key things that we always ask these startups when we talk to them is what about the software because that is a key differentiator for Nvidia. Absolutely. Uh, software is the most important differentiator that I think NVIDIA has because they have been involved in developing CUDA, you know, since when I worked there back in the uh, 06 to 010 timeframe. And each year it's gotten better. They've added more features. They've added more market segments, more verticals to it. NVIDIA by far has the, the most robust software stack in the accelerated compute business. And that's what makes it so hard to compete with them. Yeah, matter of fact, they added two new software frameworks to their library. One was called Merlin, which is for recommendation systems. So if you're, you know, trying to recommend what customers should buy or what they should use, stuff like that. The other one is Jarvis, which I really found interesting because they even include a 3D chatbot that not only mimics facial expressions, but can theoretically also learn from watching facial expressions. Matter of fact, they're also trying to improve it to be able to read lips. <laughs> yeah, it's a so. multimodal conversational engine. And that's really interesting because the, it, it, the conversational chatbots require all these different aspects, voice, expression, you know, eventually be able to read, you know, the expression of the person they're talk the chatbot is talking to. There's so many areas there, and that's all under Javers. In, in terms of so much of what NVIDIA is doing, uh, they added for uh, Spark for 3.0s, added GPU acceleration. I NVIDIA is really focused on 
breaking into these market segments through software, through bringing the uh, uh, you know uh, high quality software packages and to those market segments, and that's that's where it's hard to keep pace with them. Yeah, and they have other software frameworks, including Omniverse for the data center, Clara for health sciences, Isaac for robotics, Arial for communications, Rapids for data analytics, and Metropolis for edge applications. So, I mean, uh, I really, I mean, that's the hardest thing. How do you, what do you do when companies say they're going to compete directly with uh, NVIDIA? I mean, they have to have a software platform that's pretty robust, and nobody yeah, else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, nobody could compete with the, the wide range of software that NVIDIA has in this space. That's why most people, who, most of the companies that try to compete with NVIDIA have to pick a certain niche and go after it and, and put their uh, wood behind one arrow, one, one particular segment, because trying to compete with NVIDIA across a, a large group of segments is hard. So I'm going to ask you one more time, what is <laughs> NVIDIA? Is it a data center or an AI company, Kevin? I don't know. Actually, I think it's, I think we just made a case it's a software company. That's true. <laughs> that makes chips. <laughs> Actually, uh, if, if if you paid attention to the keynote, it's it's a cooking company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually like the the whole stove kind of stone stove setup he has around his 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 stove. That that whole backsplash and the uh, overhang. It all seemed to be like natural stone carved. No, it, it, he's definitely taking some, watching too many cooking shows because he definitely seemed very comfortable behind that kitchen island and uh, in front of the stove. But I, I really think he was missing an audience because when he had to answer his own question, the more you buy, the more you save. He had to answer yeah. his own question. He didn't have an audience to, to repeat yeah, back at him. Yeah. Yeah. It's typical. Yeah, it is funny. He, he he even paused for it like he normally does at GTC. <laughs> <laughs> I almost expected somebody somebody in his family to yell yell out the the, the response. <laughs> yeah, I'm almost surprised background. he didn't give up that leather jacket for an apron. But you never know. He could have gone yeah, with a know. leather apron. <laughs> he could have. Okay. Uh, well, well, I think that brings right. us to another Tyrius, uh, wrap of another Tyrius cast. Please remember that Tyrius Research is a market research and advisory firm that provides custom research and advice to the entire high-tech ecosystem from sensors to the cloud. This includes custom market sizing, product and company competitive analysis, and, uh, merger and acquisition evaluations, product and corporate strategic planning, and marketing strategies. Yes, if you'd like to more information about Tyrius Research, actually, if you want more information about Jensen's keynote, please read our article in Forbes. We try to com- consolidate two hours of keynote into a 20-minute podcast. So please contact us directly. I'm Kevin at Tyrius Research, and then there's Jim at Tyrius Research, T-I-R-I-A-S Research. You can also visit our website, www.tyriusresearch.com, where there's a link for Forbes there. And keep up with us on social media. Our corporate account is at Tyrius Research. I also have a personal account at Crewell, and then Jim's personal account is at Tech Strategist. That's T-E-K, Strategist. And then articles and Forbes, E Times, ECT News cover a, a broad a range of topics on tech industry. And we have some white papers posted on our website. Also, our website is a link to our newsletter, and please sign up for that. You can subscribe at, at any time and get our monthly newsletter. And we cover many of the topics that we cover in our articles in the newsletter. 
Also look for more information and podcasts on EE Times. We've been doing more with EE Times as of late. And thank you for joining us. If you have any feedback on this Tyrius cast or recommendations for future Tyrius casts, please contact us directly. Once again, that's Kevin at TyriusResearch.com or Jim at TyriusResearch.com. Thank you and have a great and safe day. (laughs) 